We're talking about the chase. The chase this morning. Talking about chasing ghosts, but at the front part, it's about the chase. So every great action film that I've ever seen has a chase scene. You know what I'm saying? Anybody ever watch? We, like, we love watching our action films. We saw a couple of them up there represented, but I love the thrill of the chase of these action scenes. I like action movies. So one of my favorite action movies is 007. Okay? Daniel Craig, he's a stud. All right? And there is a race, there is a foot race in that scene. And, and it's just like going buildings and they're jumping off of like scaffolding and they're going all crazy. And he's chasing after somebody. Right? And then, you know, you have your car chase scenes. So you have your foot races, your car chase scenes, and then you have, for those of you that are old school Top Gun fans, you know they're coming out with the Top Gun 2, right? That's happening. That's coming up. But you got airplane scenes and fight scenes and World War II stuff. And so I love that, Joe. I love that. I'm all about it. I love the idea and the thrill of the chase. It all begins early. Like we, we like the thrill of the chase, too. You realize that, right? We like the thrill of the chase because it begins whenever we're at playground. You know, begins on the playground. We start playing tag, you're it. Thrill of the chase. My son comes up to me just two weekends ago. We're sitting on the back porch in my backyard. It's early in the morning. Like, I just woke up. I haven't even been able to have all my coffee yet. You know what I'm saying? And so he comes up to me. He's like, Daddy. And he's all bent over like this. He's like, you can't get me. Boom, the chase is on. I'm after this dude. I'm like, I ain't going to let him win. I am going after him. I'm chasing. He loves to be chased. There's nothing like whenever my kids come up to me and they want their daddy to chase after them. There's nothing like that feeling. I love it. My, I always tell my pops because uh, my dad is a big dude. He's 220-plus pounds. He's like 6'2". If you haven't seen him yet, he's like solid muscle. Um, and I used to tell my dad, because I was faster than he was when I was growing up. But with him being so big, you know, I was intimidated by him. You know, he's huge. So I would always tell him, I would always make that joke. I'm like, hey, Pop, I'm faster than you are. He's like, you may be able to outrun me, but I know where you sleep. <laughs> How many dads in here have used that before? Anybody use that yet? You may be fast, but I know you sleep, boy. Like, I got to hand it to my dad. You know, I'm going to have to start taking notes because as my son gets older and he starts saying, you can't get me, I'm going to be like, I'm not as fast as I used to be anymore. Excuse me. We see the thrill of the chase in everything. We like being chased. We see it in our romantic relationships, right? Has anybody ever played hard to get? Guys and girls alike play hard to get. You know what that's like? We like to be chased. We like to be pursued after, right? My wife reminds me on a regular basis that just because you're married and, you know, you put the ring on the finger, you actually start dating, doesn't mean that you stop pursuing or chasing after them. So we should take notes for those of us that are young Let's take notes that we still chase after the people that we care the most about. Even if we're older, we still chasing after them. I've had, I, had an old, I had somebody that was married close to 50 years tell me that they got a new husband every 10 years. 
because they change so much. I mean, how so much has happened within that period of time, and I'm just like, wow, so you're chasing after somebody new every 10 years. You're trying to get to know somebody new every 10 years. That's, that's crazy. But that's the thrill of the chase, right? Like, I love chasing after this woman. She's incredible. I love her so much. She challenges me to be a better man every day, and I love chasing after her. I'm not always good at it. I'll admit I need to work on some things. But, fam, I tell you, I love, I love the pursuit. I love chasing. I love racing. As a matter of fact, I also like to hunt. That's also in another way, like, thrill the chase. So, like, well, in a backwards way, I'm sitting up in a deer stand, so it's not really chasing. <laughs> and I'm waiting for the animal to come in. But whenever that animal's there, I'm like, oh, man, meat on the table. Ooh. And heart, man, my heart starts pounding whenever you start seeing that deer come into your sights, whether it's with a bow or whether it's with, a, with, with your rifle. You're sitting there like, whenever I was like a kid, I remember my first deer, the first deer I killed, and I was just, oh, I missed. <laughs> I, I missed, man. It was bad. But I'll tell you, I had, I had so much fun. It's the thrill of the chase, the thrill of achieving something, chasing after something that you don't always get, the thrill of becoming a man. I could put meat on the table, Ugh. My dad, I told you about my dad a second ago, but my dad, being as big as he was, he was also a police officer for Oklahoma City for over 25-plus years. Thank you for everyone who was in service. I appreciate everything that you guys have done to serve. Um, but being with my dad, with him being in the, on the police department, I used to say, hey, Dad, what's your favorite part of the job? And he looked at me and he said, when they run. <laughs> Dude, my dad loved to chase after people, man. Whether it was in a car pursuit or whether it was on foot, he loved to chase after them. That was his favorite part. And I tell you, my dad played college football at UCO. So, I mean, the dude liked to hit people, too. And they gave him a perfect opportunity. You know what I'm saying? They're like, you running away from me? All right, I'm going to go tackle you, okay? So, I'm just saying, my I love things about my dad. And he just, like, he loves the chase. And he always challenged me to be a better athlete and be a better man. And I, I mean, he challenged me to be so much whenever it comes to pursuing after God. But you know, you students like to be chased after, huh? You students, you guys like to be chased after. Whether it's y'all chasing each other, uh huh. Whether it's y'all chasing each other, y'all's relationships, or. Whether it's Junior over here trying to say, hey, Pastor Kyle, I'm faster than you. Let's race. I actually have a video. We, got, we did this two years ago at camp. Check this out. <laughs> oh, it was Kyle, but he barely won. Y'all hear that part? Man, I was 30 whenever I ran that race, running against a 15-year-old who runs soccer and is incredibly fast. You know, he could probably beat me now. I guarantee he could probably beat me now. <laughs> Josh is like, nah, we need to have a rematch. Josh is back there, nah. 
<laughs> no, he doesn't. He doesn't ever want me to forget leaving out this one part because he's like, in a forty-yard dash, Kyle, I got you beat. He always says that. He's like, I got you beat in a forty-yard. So I was like, yeah, yeah, uh huh. Here we go again. Here we go again. But we love the thrill of the chase, the race, the excitement of it, right? But in, the, in, the, in our race and in our challenges with our race and the thrill of the chase, there are two key components. First component, the most essential, very basic, is being chased. So we like being chased. And then we like doing the chasing, right? So that's the two main key components here. So on the being chased part, from birth, the chase begins. From birth. Have you guys ever seen those National Geographic videos? I mean, I, I love watching some BBC stuff, BBC Earth. And they start showing how some of these, like, wildebeests, whenever they first give birth, within a matter of hours, those things can get up and run. Why? Because they are easy prey. <laughs> okay? So they have to be able to take off fast and go full speed, quick, right out of the gate. So... From birth, we are being chased. Who here doesn't like to be pursued, though? Anybody? Who doesn't like to be chased? I don't know. I don't know anybody because really, in our heart of hearts, if we really look deep down, it means that we're desired when we're being chased after. It means that we're wanted. And I don't know about anybody in this room that doesn't want to be desired or chased after. I don't know one person. Be honest with yourself. I love to be wanted. I love it when my wife tells me, Kyle, you look so good. I love you. She never says that. <laughs> Not so many words. <laughs> but everybody wants to be wanted. We find ourselves being pursued by two independently great, great forces. The first force is God and the Holy Ghost. And the second force is the enemy. So right out the gate, right whenever we come into creation, whenever we first get here, we're being chased after by two independently great and incredible forces. God has been chasing after you and I since the fall from grace in the Garden of Eden. What's cool, and what I love about this, is that we all like that game tag, you're it, right? So God guaranteed that we got tagged. You're it. He guaranteed it because he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins so that he could open up a way to have a free relationship, a relationship that is a day-in and day-out relationship, one that doesn't go away, that he wants to have that communion. He wants to have that moment with us regularly. He smacked us and said, you're it. But then after that, we then have to turn into the pursuer we then have to chase after him. So in Revelation 3.20, it says, Here I am, I stand at the door and knock, and if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat 
with that person and they with me. The reality here, friends, is that God is not the only one chasing us. You also have the enemy chasing after you. The enemy, as we're about to read, he's like a lion. Here we go. 1 Peter 5, 8 through 9, it says, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seek, looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. Have you guys ever seen lioness trying to attack? Ever seen lions on the hunt? You know what they do? If they're all by themselves, they look for the weakest. If they're all by themselves, they look for the youngest, the ones that are easy prey. It's not until they get a pack of lions that they then start getting a little bit more bold to then go after the more difficult prey, the bigger meat, the bigger meal. The enemy is looking for those of us who are weak in our faith and are trying to be a Christian all by ourselves before he begins to start sniffing around, coming after us. He tries to prey on the weak. And if you don't have your faith and you're not putting your life in God's hands and you're not chasing after him and getting it like filled up with what you, need, what you need just to be able to continue going with the Holy Spirit to continue pursuing after God and to continue getting through this life, the enemy is going to take you down. How many guys, how many of you, seriously, can, can, can we, we, we know people who have come to church, they got on fire for God, and the next thing you know, they're gone. They don't last very long. I, I don't like watching that happen. I don't like watching the people I love come in, learn about who Jesus is, but they don't find him, truly find him. And they become easy prey. They're easily tempted and they're easily taken out of the, I mean, really taken away from the hands of the Lord. So we've established the being chased. Two people pursuing us, God, the enemy. Now, on the flip side of that, flip side of that coin, it's doing the chasing. So whenever he comes and tags us, now it's our turn to start do the chasing. So scripture is littered with verses that speak to the Christian about what happens when you pursue God. And there's two incredibly Amazing people in the word that come to mind that have pursued God the best, in my opinion. One, King David. Why? Because the dude was known for, like, having a heart, like, having, sorry. The dude was known for having a heart after God's own heart. He wanted what God wanted. He wanted to pursue the things that God wanted him to pursue and achieve and, and, and do with all of that. Like, how do you just imagine you're over an entire kingdom, you're Lord of everything, and that you are so responsible for all of them. And if you don't have God leading you, you're going to lead them astray, and that's on you. Like, I don't want that responsibility. 
I need God in that moment, big time. Second is Jesus himself. But we're going to start up in Psalms. David, seeking after God's in Psalm 119, verse 10, it says, I seek you with all of my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. So not only was he well-versed in the word, he's saying, I seek after you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from them. Psalm 1611 says, you fill me with joy in your presence. How many of you guys realize that whenever you get in the presence of God, man, I'm telling you, joy is here waiting for you. It's here waiting for you. Jeremiah 29, 13, it says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. You see a pattern there? All your heart. In all three of those verses, littered throughout Psalms and now Jeremiah. David was a man after God's own heart. So whenever we're pursuing after God, what are we pursuing after? Or is it, what are some lessons that we can take away from Jesus while he was here? If you read through the Gospels, the lessons you can take away first off was that Jesus was all in. From the moment he got here, he was all in to what God wanted him to accomplish, which was the cross, right? He was all in. He was in the synagogue at the age of 12, doing incredible things, talking about what God wanted him to do, telling people about why he was there. And the next thing you know, he's on the cross. He's doing exactly what God had called him to do. Jesus put himself on a shelf, right? He put himself up out of the way, and he let God steer. Jesus craved to be in God's presence. I can't tell you how many times whenever I'm reading through the Gospels, Jesus, whether he's in a crowd of people or whatever, he's trying to get away so that he can have personal time with his father. He's trying to connect with his father. He's trying to have moments pursuing after him. And, and, and the last thing here is that he kept his eyes fixed on the father. Before he gave his life on the cross, he looked up and he said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. He kept his eyes fixed on the prize. These two men give great examples of the proper way to pursue after God. And that is the pursuit and chasing after his righteousness. Everybody say righteousness. Everybody say righteousness. Okay. What is that? Here we go. Righteousness is to give up one's own ways and desires for those of God's. Forsaking my ways for his. So we have two incredible men in Scripture that give the greatest example of what it's like to pursue and chase after God. And they're saying, it's not about you, bro. It's about what he wants to do. It's about what he wants to accomplish. Chasing after righteousness, forsaking my ways for his. The prophet Isaiah addresses God's people in this way, and we are God's people, right? So listen to me, he says in Isaiah 51.1, you who pursue righteousness and who seek the Lord. He's trying to talk to God's people. He's saying, listen to me, those who pursue righteousness. So that was just universally expected of all of his believers and God's followers is that we pursued after righteousness. 
James 4.8 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. If you want to get to know more of God or you want more of God in your life, then hello. Are we truly righteous? The answer to that question is no. We are not truly righteous. We are flawed. We need Jesus. Jesus is truly righteous. And he's the one... He's the one that can make us righteous. But that doesn't mean we don't seek righteousness. We don't just say, okay, I got saved. I'm done. Righteousness is achieved. No. That's not what happens. In 1 John 2, 1 through 2, it proves, it says, We have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. He is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous. It's just proven that if it's Jesus that's a true righteous one. As Christians, we are so good at just, you know, we say we want to know God more, but we don't pursue after him. We, we don't chase him. He tags us, but we don't go chasing after him. We say we desire his heart, but instead we chase after the things that are the complete opposite of his heart. We say we love our God, but, you know, it's just a lot of words to me. We're really good at saying words. But are we good at being righteous? Are we good at chasing after God? Ladies and gentlemen, for those of us that have had somebody try to hit on us, you know, whenever we're in early in life, maybe even now, if you ever had somebody try, what do you do whenever you don't like that person? <laughs> what do you do whenever you're not interested? What do you do? You ignore them. <laughs> Sometimes you're like, I don't know if this person is even worth it. They look like a lot of work. Some of them, some of them they come off as cocky, so it's a turnoff. Some of them came over like, like they're an, a know-it-all, and so, I mean, people are like, ah, eh, no, not interested. Maybe they're, the, they're fine. Maybe they're not the problem. Maybe the problem is you. Maybe you're the problem. You know, as, as Christians, we've been doing this to God for a long time. He's like that person trying to come up to you to get your phone number. And whenever he comes up to get your phone number, he pursues us, but we give him the cold shoulder saying, eh. I'm just not into you right now. I'm not in a good place. Or, I don't want to commit to something like that right now. You know what I'm saying? We do this to God. God's people have a commitment problem. We see it throughout all of the Old Testament. It's all over there. How many times did God's people reject his name? They get punished. They come back. They then reject his name, get punished, come back, and the cycle continues. We're really bad at commitment. But Jesus wants a real relationship, and he doesn't care about the trivial pursuits. Have you guys ever played that board game? You know what I'm saying? Trivial pursuit. 
okay? You're answering a bunch of multiple choice questions from different genres to win the game. But in this case, Jesus doesn't want to answer a bunch of multiple choice questions for the genres so that he can win over your heart. He didn't want to do that. That's not the game. This is Chase. This is Tag, you're it. So we finally need to ask ourselves, what is it that we're chasing? We discussed earlier about how everyone likes to be chased because it means that they're wanted. But I wonder how many times God has got the feeling from his own people that he's wanted. Sorry, it's quiet. Is God wanted by you? He doesn't want to be that wanted parent where the kids come up asking for money whenever they want something. You know what I'm saying? He doesn't want to be that God. And a lot of times, Christians, that's how we treat it this relationship. We treat it as if, dude, God, I want a new pair of basketball shoes. You students. Man, God, I really need that new truck. I've been praying for that for six years, okay? That hasn't happened yet. I'm going to keep believing. I'm going to keep having faith. (laughs) But these are material things, right? God wants more than that. He wants our heart. He doesn't want us to come after him whenever there's a disaster coming. He doesn't want us to come only tune into the radio station whenever everything else is dead, all of our digital media doesn't work, and we're in the storm cellar waiting to hear if there's a tornado coming. That's the only time we dial in. Now here is... Guys, I've I've been wrestling with this message. It kept me up late last night. And, like, this is the heart. This is the heart of what I'm wanting to say, getting into this portion of it. So it's more, we're, we're going on from the chasing ghosts to now running a race, okay? I have something here. Well, I'll just hold some of these. I got more over here falling. Okay. At one time in my life, I was pretty decent at track. These are all the medals I won in middle school. I can tell you right now, God gave me a gift to run a race. And there wasn't a race that I ran individually I mean, I ran relay races, so let's, let's be real, that I didn't place in. That's first, second, or third. I felt blessed. I ran for these. Why did I run? Did I, ran for the, did I run for the medals? Did I run for the glory? Did I run for the popularity, the respect? 
Did I run for the chicks? Maybe. Something I learned a long time ago. Whenever you are a Christian and you're a teenager, it's hard to sell Jesus. People turn it off pretty quick. But something I learned was that God can use your talents to then become a sounding board for his kingdom. And God gave me an ability to win over their respect because I could beat them at something that they did respect. And that was run a race. Before I ran a race, I looked around and I saw the other racers and I had to face my fears. Some of us, God's talking to us about specifically our own lives. You're running your own race, you're going to have to face your fears. I had to face taking an L, taking the loss, looking and being humiliated. Like I've, I've been in a race and I've tripped over my own foot fell and rolled all over the ground, had people jumping over me to get back up to try to finish. That was humiliating. But I finished. The sheer intimidation of some of the athletes that I faced because they were much taller, much bigger than I was, probably a little bit more athletic than I was. But there's nothing like whenever you're about to race and you got that adrenaline pumping in your veins, and the next thing you know, you're going to have to shut everything out just to run your race. But what was I chasing? Was I chasing glory? Was I chasing respect, girls? Guys, I had to go up into my attic to pull these out. These were in a tub in my attic. These things are meaningless to me now. Yeah, good memories. Yeah, taught me how to be an athlete, be a sport, you know, be a good sport. I learned a lot of things from my experiences there. Shaped me, God used me. But these are meaningless to me now. Absolutely meaningless. For those of you that don't know, Today is Pentecost Sunday. Man, we sound like a bunch of Pentecosts in here, don't we? Woo! Come on. It is Pentecost Sunday. Does anybody know what that means? That means today is the celebration of the descent of the Holy Spirit on the disciples in the upper room. Amen? Praise God. Hey, I am proud to be an assembly of God, Holy Ghost filled, speaking in tongues, pastor. Amen? I need that. I need that to face the things I face every day. But today is a day that we celebrate that. In Acts 1-4, it says, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Acts 1-8 says, But you will receive power... 
when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now, we can't talk about Pentecost Sunday without kind of highlighting some of the spiritual gifts, right? We believe that the Holy Ghost is a spiritual gift. There's gifts of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, okay? But I want to highlight something else, and we're going to dive into that. So here is what I'm talking about. If the worship team will come, here is the title of my message. It's called Chasing Ghosts. Pentecost Sunday, everybody. The Holy Ghost came down. In most sports, I'm an athlete, I'm, I love sports. In most sports, whenever you have somebody trying to achieve something that's never been achieved before, or whenever you have someone in a particular sport that's trying to chase after the legends of their sport and catch them or beat them, it's called chasing ghosts. It's called chasing ghosts. Like myself, whenever I was running track, am I chasing ghosts in our own lives? Because I was chasing after things that meant nothing in the long run. So are we chasing after things today on our chase to God? Are we chasing after ghosts of this world that are meaningless? Or are we chasing after the Holy Ghost? The Holy Ghost that can empower us to accomplish what he's wanting us to accomplish. What happens when you stop running? Anybody? You lose your speed. You lose your endurance. You get out of shape. You then lose your vision, and then you forget how to win. Without vision, the people will perish. I still have hope for this generation of believers and the race that we're currently running. God's trying to speak to someone in this room today, and he's trying to say, look, as long as there is still breath in your lungs, you're running the race. You're not done yet. You're not so light. It doesn't matter if your physical body is running out. It doesn't matter if the things that you thought you used to have aren't here anymore. You know what? Run your race. There's still breath in here. I'm still on planet Earth. That means I'm here for a purpose. and I'm here to accomplish something that God has called me to do. But am I chasing after meaningless things? Am I chasing after medals that are only good here on earth? I can't take those with me. Whenever I go to paradise, you know what I can take with me? I can take with me lost souls.